Governor Kathy Hogel delivering uh, her State of the State address, her first as a New York's elected uh, governor. Uh, here to help me break it down is the fine assemblyman of the 19th uh, District. His name is Ed Ra. He has been a staple there and nice enough to give us a couple of minutes on a busy morning for him. Uh, sir, how are you? Happy New Year. You feeling okay? I'm doing well, Jay. Happy New Year. How are you? I am doing well, my friend. You know, I was listening intently uh, to that address. A couple of good things. Uh, you know what? I'm thinking to myself, what kind of change are we looking at here, especially when it comes to the controversial bail reform law passed by the legislative leaders seated right behind her? I didn't see much. I was a little disappointed, Assemblyman Ra, in that regard. What was your assessment overall? Yeah, I, I agree. That piece of it, um, really, she was just talking about well, what I would say is more of a clarification uh, in terms of the least restrictive language. Uh, it may help uh, a little bit, uh, but I think that, you know, if you, you look at the uh, way Long Islanders in particular spoke last fall, what we want to see is really scrapping what we did and doing it doing it the right way. Uh, and, and I think what we really need is a dangerousness standard that lets a judge evaluate whether the defendant in front of them poses a threat to the public. 1,000% agree with you. I've said this all along. You know, when you take that word dangerousness, I remember that whole thing from months ago. I mean, come on, please. I mean, quite frankly, uh, I'm sorry. You know, the proposal to merely give judges a, a bit more discretion in selling bail for defendants accused of some serious crimes. You know, you and I have spoken a million times about this. It's non-negotiable. You know, to me, it's non-negotiable. You know, the three things that I have laid out regarding judges, you know, give judges their powers back in full to consider public safety uh, assembly. No matter what the charges are in deciding whether somebody needs to be jailed pending a trial. That's one. I didn't hear a lot on disclosure. I didn't hear hardly anything on discovery. I'm sorry. Complete failure in that category. Yep, absolutely. There was nothing. There was nothing on discovery. It, certainly, uh, you know, when you consider the the level of discussion of that issue, it was not uh, commensurate with the alarm that the public has had about uh, crime and uh, and just you know addressing what we're seeing each and every day, uh, both on Long Island and in New York City. Um, so. We need we need to really uh, give judges true discretion, and that least restrictive uh, language, like I said, is a little bit more of, of a clarification more than anything else. Because you know, I mean, we'll we'll wait and see uh, if we see actual you know bill language in detail, but it, that would not really change uh, the kind of laundry list system that we have. That's basically you know the judge says, hey, this charge is either bail eligible or it's not as opposed to the judge, like you said, being able to actually say this defendant uh, does or does not pose a risk to public safety. Kind of, you know, kind of streamlined over the issue of what, what I think is so important as uh, recidivism, uh, Semlin, in which, you know, the yep. police has repeatedly pointed as a critical factor in all, you know, with a, with a small handful of repeat offenders responsible for some of the major amounts of the shoplifting that occurs, other illegal activity. But, you know, I point out all the time, you know, there is a major disparity of thinking regarding what Andrea Stewart-Cousins thinks is kind of a small single digit 
of those rearrested back on the streets only to commit the havoc again as compared to what a, what a guy like a Jim Quinn thinks who's been in that DA's office 40-plus years in Queens. I'll tell you, you know what's about 40-something percent here? It's not 2 percent. Still, when you have that type of thinking of disparity, that is an issue to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and the thing, you know, as we had the conversation in the fall, they kept bringing up all oh, the data says this and data says that. You know, at the end of the day, each one of those people who reoffends uh, represents another person who's been a victim of a crime. Um, and I think that's how we have to think about it and, and doing the best we can do to protect public safety. And Ed Rob with us breaking down the state of the state uh, yesterday. Uh, also, I was very dis. I will get to a couple of good things. I promise you, folks. And there are a couple of little things in there, but I was very disappointed not to hear hardly anything, Assemblyman, on the ongoing migrant crisis. Uh, she didn't mention anything regarding what's happening, you know, which has been uh, at the forefront, at least from uh, Eric Adams' uh, point of view. Uh, you know, she kind of promised somewhat that she would provide a little more funding for these state-run refugee settlement programs in order to provide, you know, some sort of an establishment for these individuals and asylum seekers uh, in some of the local communities. But uh, in essence, I, I did not get a lot. We know Adams has pretty much begged for help here uh, from this governor, the president, you know, the bill, he applied for about a billion or so in federal aid. I tell you, I thought I'd get a little, at least a little something yesterday. I got nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And this is obviously a situation that is uh, not not sustainable. I mean, I think we all we all agree that the federal government uh, needs to get serious about, uh, you know, border security and all of that. And I'm not sure uh, the president's proposal last week to, uh, you know, come up with an app is uh, quite going to cut it here. Um, but, you know, you have people that are coming in, both in the city and otherwise, they're, they're obviously, um, you know, need resources, um, you know, and whether it's kids uh, going into schools or, or people needing, uh, you know, other supports, it, it's, you know, the, the burden's going to be and, and is and will continue to uh, in, until some action is taken. Uh, falling on a lot of uh, local government uh, w- without without the help from from uh, the state and, and uh, federal government. Debbie Downer here, but you know, a billion dollars of investment uh, as far as uh, making critical policy changes fully meet the mental health needs uh, of the uh, individuals out there. I mean, listen, we know we have a massive crisis on hand here, overwhelming the mayor again, Eric Adams in that area. But, uh, hopefully this money will be put to good use as far as programs, outreach and everything else, uh, well needed, had to be put in play here. Are you happy with that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if, uh, you know, being in the chamber yesterday, I would say that was the one point in which there was, pretty universal, um, you know, applause uh, for for something uh, the governor mentioned. Obviously, we all want to see uh, further detail, and, you know, the budget should be being rolled out in the coming weeks, so we'll get a little bit more of an idea of exactly where that spending is going. But I, I think we all recognize that, you know, the, the sports need to be there for, uh, for beds, uh, you know, in facilities, uh, for for younger students uh, in schools that need mental health support, uh, you know, we, it really is an area 
uh, critically in need of investment. Assemblyman Evron with us. Uh, you know, we know Andrew Cuomo kind of stripped away some of the beds and whatnot. Uh, Hochul will add about, uh, I think it was a 1,000 or so uh, inpatient psychiatric beds uh, by funding 150 from the state, bringing uh, about 850 psych beds into hospitals. That will be back online. That is a a good thing uh, without question there. So, you know, I'm kind of interested how it will kind of correlate with the mayor's recent announcement assembly and rob regarding cops you know they start taking the the mentally ill into custody for evaluations you know that type of thing and that's being challenged in federal court but you know police last month began to train cops how to kind of implement the adams rule here so i'm wondering how the governor's proposal would kind of coincide with how Eric Adams will kind of make way with this stuff. Any ideas? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a very important point. And, uh, you know, hopefully those conversations are ongoing. I think uh, I, I think maybe the, you know, the relationship between the two seems to be better than, uh, you know, we've had in prior years with, with the previous governor and previous mayor and all of that. Um, and so I hope that, you know, they can work together on this on this issue and, you know, find, I, I think there has to be some synergy there with, uh, you know, both on the policy side uh, and, and, and the spending side to, to make these things work. And, uh, and Ra, a couple of minutes, um, you know, I, I guess the overall other uh, thing of importance would be from an economic tie-in. We know taxes and everything else are driving people away just can't function here anymore. It's about trying to embrace rather than trying to send away. Do you get a sense that is at the forefront as far as Kathy Hochul implementing new ideas, businesses, and everything else, trying to keep people here, making it affordable, which is impossible at this point in time all over the state? Do you think that'll be a major focus in these next couple of years? I hope so, and uh, you know I'm optimistic by the fact that the governor uh, mentioned uh, out migration both in her inaugural address uh, and and again yesterday. Um, she she stated that she doesn't intend to seek uh, you know any tax increases, which is good because as you know, many of the progressives within the legislature uh, are always clamoring for new taxes uh, and more spending. Um, and she also talked about with regard to the budget, and again, we'll we'll see a full budget proposal in the coming weeks. But uh, the need to be planning ahead for you know the economic uh, situation that we think uh, lies in the not too distant future. No, uh, no doubt about it. So uh, a lot in play there. And how are you feeling for uh, another term of, of this? You got a couple of newbies on the block, some uh, very good instances there. A guy like Ed Flood taking out a staple and Steve Engelbright. That certainly uh, uh, sent a, a very powerful message, I would think, to that assembly, huh? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We have a very uh, good freshman class coming into our conference. A uh, couple of you know, Long Island guys, uh, Jake Blumenkrantz, uh, was elected to Mike Montesano's old seat. Ed, uh, as you mentioned, who, uh, you know, I, I go back a little bit with uh, from when he was Dean Murray's chief of staff. Um, so it's good. And we, we have a we have a really good uh, group of uh, younger legislators uh, from the uh, Hudson Valley 
uh, and you know, and upstate as well. So, uh, you know, we, we grew our numbers as a conference. We're 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 up uh, five seats uh, on net, uh, and you know, we're ready to uh, make noise and continue to talk about uh, you know addressing inflation and you know the taxing issues we were just talking about, and certainly uh, really getting serious about addressing public safety. No question about it. Ed Rod taking on the fight up in Albany in another a couple of years. Nice enough to give us a couple of minutes. Ed, good having you. We'll talk to Rod. How's that? 